to WrestleMania. The first ever night one of WrestleMania. It's gonna be high stakes and no breaks. And it all starts WrestleMania is not over. It is a boneyard match. Phenom versus Phenomenal One. <laughs> hey, how'd you take it? Where are you? Wow, there he is. And you still know you're having this way. Well, guys, you just got a recap of everything that happened at WrestleMania 36 Part 1. Everything from the Women's Tag Team Championship matchup to the Boneyard match between The Undertaker and AJ Styles. And now, here we are doing another review, but this time Part 2 of WrestleMania 36. The main event had an opportunity to look at everything from head to toe including and i'm gonna call it because unfortunately if nobody else is gonna call this i will the controversial and i call it that because it is just that the controversial firefly funhouse match between john cena and bray wyatt and you're gonna 
If you guys had an opportunity to see me live as it happens on Facebook, you guys probably already know the story. But now that I'm on my Main Event Talk podcast, now I get to let it all out and a whole lot more. You'll see. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the second half of the Main Event Talk podcast. WrestleMania Weekend 2 is upon us. I am the Main Event Player to Supersede, the God of Mangas, the King of Kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch, walking God's green earth, and, well, we're still, we're all still trying to recover from both nights of WrestleMania, and I gotta admit, both nights were tremendous, they were great in every way possible, but it did leave a lot of things to the imagination, which... Like I said, I'll get into in just a moment. Let me go ahead and get to what I need to get to right here. This episode of the Main Event Talk podcast is brought to you by Richard's Billiards. Oh, yeah. Do you got nothing to Well, normally this would be the time where I would go ahead and say, hey, you got nothing to do tonight and yada, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Well, in this case, guys, uh, we all know that the bar is already closed, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not open for business. That's right. And from the looks of it, and I'm looking at this right now, um, I'm looking at the, well, it's a Richard's Billiards page, but it's actually the Theo's page. Open for food and drinks. $5, uh, $5 slice of pizza with a drink of your choice listed down below. Crown, Malibu, Jaeger, uh, give me two of them, please. Um, Tito's, Jack, and Jose Gold. We can make you in. We can make you in sealed to go cups. Oh, we can make it in sealed gold cups. Good. Uh, your base, and this is what I'm reading here. Your base mixture of your drinks: uh, tequila sunrise, blue Hawaiian, um, cherry vodka sours. Wow, that sounds nice there. Uh, cherry lemonade. Uh, kamikazes, margaritas, uh, frozen or rocks, however you want to do it. Original mango, peach, watermelon, strawberry, raspberry, tropical rum punch, and also $20 whole pizza with your choice of a six-pack of beer, Bud Light, Dos Equis, Corona, uh, Corona Light, Extra, Premium, Shiner, Coors, Miller, Budweiser, Mikola Ultras, and Smirnov. I'll have a Mikola Ultra, please, with the side. And uh, do me a favor, make sure that they're all chilled out and ready to go. <laughs> but anyways, also, uh, $7 single beer and pizza. I think I'll leave the beer out. I'll take the, I'll take the burger if you don't mind. Uh, without the drinks, a whole, a whole pizza, 16 ounces um, I'm sorry, uh, 16 inch, $17, any topping pizza, a uh, slice of pepperoni pizza for $4, burgers and fries for $6, items, bacon, ex, uh, 50 cents extra, jalapenos, 50 cents extra, accepting cash, credit card, cash app, uh, delivery is available for, available with a $2 fee, call or message us, uh, let's see, must be 21 to drink, must be 21 to order drink, please drink responsibly, please don't drink 
and drive. Well, while everyone's at home doing all that stuff, I doubt anyone is going to be trying to drink and drive at this point in time. Richard's Billiards, not your average hero's new name, same place. And if you want to place a call with them, give them a call at 361-452-3553. That's 361 361- Four five two three five five three, and I'm looking to place my order later on when I get the opportunity and everything else like that. Okay, guys, we're gonna get right into it. I'm not gonna waste any time. Let's get into this whole thing involving what took place over at the WrestleMania 36 Part Two. Boy, do we got a lot we need to cover in this one. Let's start off with the kickoff show. Once again, another big surprise and uh, something that was pretty much thrown in anyway. All you know, Despite the fact that it was being pre-taped and everything else like that. Liv Morgan. <sighs> I'm sorry. Liv Morgan to go one-on-one against Natalia. And in this case... Um, this one was not too much. I mean, I, I was happy that Liv Morgan got an opportunity to have her WrestleMania moment against Natalia. And it was also one of those things that, you know, I really want Liv Morgan to win. No disrespect to Natalia because she's had her WrestleMania moment a couple of times. And I would like to see... Oh, I'm sorry. Huh. Uh, I just saw something and it kind of messed up. But anyways, I would like to see Liv Morgan, you know, win the matchup. And it wasn't much... You know, don't get me wrong, it was okay, it was not too bad. Some people found it a little bit, like, it wasn't all that and everything. And I can understand why it wasn't all that. Because, you know, when you saw the match, you know, Liv Morgan versus Natalia, you were expecting it to be a high-impact, you know, high-challenge match and everything. And it was, it was pretty good, I digged it and everything. Although it would have been just a little bit better. But nonetheless, I predicted that Liv Morgan would win it. And I said that she would get her WrestleMania moment. And that's exactly what happened. Liv Morgan wins and she defeats Natalia at WrestleMania in the kickoff show. How cool was that? Okay, the next matchup. And this is the one where a lot of fans were upset about it. This is what started off at WrestleMania. The the first time ever that the NXT Women's Championship matchup was decided as Rhea Ripley went one-on-one against Charlotte Flair. And I got to say this, guys. Um, the matchup was good. It was good. And, there, and you know what? Hate Charlotte Flair, like Charlotte Flair. There's a reason why Charlotte Flair is at the top of her game. And there's a reason why she is pretty much the number one woman besides Becky Lynch who pretty much runs the women's division. And... You know something, Charlotte, you can, like I said, you can hate her. And I admit that I I don't exactly like the fact that she won the Royal Rumble. And I don't exactly like the fact that she's in this position at WrestleMania once again. But I guess she wanted to have another WrestleMania moment to her resume. So she did. And I'll I'll go ahead and say it right here, right now. Uh, Charlotte Flair did win her match over Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley had tried everything in her power to get into Charlotte, but what I've noticed in the match was Rhea Ripley, um, when you look closely at the matchup, when you look at the very, very beginning of it, Rhea Ripley actually let Charlotte in her head, and I kept noticing that, and I kept wondering, okay, why couldn't Rhea Ripley try to get in her head, try to mess with her head a little bit, you know, make Charlotte believe that she's fucking up, and she's messing up, no, it was pretty much the other way around, Rhea Ripley fucked up in a huge way, I messed up in so many ways, it was unbelievable, you know, so it pretty much led, you know, to the downfall of everything that happened with Rhea Ripley, so Charlotte Flair went ahead, you know, did pretty much everything in her power to make sure that she got the title, went after Rhea Ripley's leg, you know, 
took her down in every way. Rhea Ripley did a tremendous comeback in every way possible. This was a fantastic women's match from head to toe. Both women deserve props for this. But at the end, there's a reason why Charlotte Flair is the queen. And there's a reason why it happened the way it happened. So Charlotte Flair, once again, for the second time, is the new NXT Women's Champion. And she made history by winning the NXT Women's Championship at WrestleMania. A couple of years ago, Charlotte Flair walked in as the Divas Champion and then walked out with the then Women's Championship. And now she makes history again by winning the NXT Women's Championship at WrestleMania. So that's pretty much a big first for for um Charlotte Flair. So you got to give um, your big props over to Charlotte Flair. Okay, the next matchup that took place. Let me see if I can... Trying to find out if I can look into this whole thing. Here we go. Can we find WrestleMania? Because I remember the next matchup that happened. I was just trying to remember... Trying to put things in order so that way everybody can know what the hell just happened. Okay. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Actually, wait a minute. What am I looking through here for? I can go through... <laughs> I can go through my picks because I had most of them saved up and everything. The next matchup was, ooh, Aleister Black going one-on-one against Bobby Lashley. Now, uh, you know, there's nothing really to say about this matchup other than the fact that Bobby Lashley lost to Aleister Black due to Lana's interference and... I'm I'm already I'm already starting to see and 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 we already see this coming, the whole thing with Lashley and the whole thing with Lana is already starting to come apart and and it's happening before the scenes and it's like okay, you know what I don't think anyone's buying this whole crap about the fact that they're married okay well then again they were never married in the first place, so. You know, there's really no point in talking about this matchup, and with all due respect to Aleister Black, because I love Aleister Black. I'm glad he won his match. I'm glad he did it. I think the circumstances were beyond anyone's control in this deal. Therefore, you know, I got nothing against Aleister Black, but Bobby, my fucking God, what the hell's the matter with you, boy? Anyways, um, Aleister Black wins the matchup against Bobby Lashley. (laughs) Sorry. The next matchup, and this is the one that people were anticipating to check out. And no, we're not talking about the uh, last man standing match, but we are getting into that in just a moment. This was the one between Otis and Dolph Ziggler. Now, we've been a part of this whole love triangle, this whole story between these two. And I admit that, um, you know, I was uh, into it and I really wanted Otis to win. I well, actually, I really wanted Otis to get the girl and everything else like that, but something had to mess up, something had to fuck up, and then it was revealed. Uh, apparently, um, something happened on SmackDown. Uh, everyone's been saying that, oh, it's CM Punk, he did it, or no, it's Ali. Um, I would go with Ali, but I think it's the return of GTV. I think it's GTV because that's that it's you know it would be GTV if it were to show up in the in the screen and everything else like that, but at the same time, you have to realize we're in 2020 and this happened like in 1999 or 2000s. GTV was always this hidden camera place where it showed every 
wrestler that came out and all this other stuff and everything. And this is pretty much a modified version of GTV, but done with, you know, some sort of different capacity. I don't know. It's just crazy. But anyways, um, the matchup went down between Otis and um, Dolph Ziggler. And, of course, uh, Sonya Deville was in Dolph Ziggler's corner. Um a great matchup. I loved it. Uh, I think Otis was doing tremendous for himself, and I think uh, Dolph is always uh, performing, you know, as a great athlete, looks like a star in every way possible. And then came the part where uh, Otis was about to do his usual caterpillar deal and everything. <coughs> and then Mandy Rose decided to interfere in this match, which she did. And then all of a sudden, here comes Mandy Rose. And Mandy Rose has came out and, you know, they've been trying to get a hold of Mandy for the past few days ever since what happened, you know, on Friday Night SmackDown. So Mandy went down, went ahead and just fucking smacked the hell out of Sonya Deville, which, wow. And and did that. And then all of a sudden, here comes... You know, she comes in the ring and interferes in Dolph Ziggler's match. That was it. It was over. And before you know it, man, um, not only did Otis win his match over Dolph Ziggler, he got his own WrestleMania moment, and he got the girl. And it was was pretty good. I I thought when um, the moment I saw that, I mean, this was this was one of those real those real good feel good moments to see because you know i knew something like this was going to happen at wrestlemania a lot of people were thinking it was going to be heavy machinery and mandy rose to go up against dolph ziggler robert rude and and sonya deville i believe that was the original plan for wrestlemania i believe that was but uh due to the circumstances and due to everything that was going on that completely changed so we ended up having Meant, uh, we ended up having Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler won his match in the whole nine yards. I mean, I'm sorry. Um, Otis won his match in the whole nine yards. And then, well, Otis walked away with the girl. And it happened. And <laughs> congratulations go out to Otis. And congratulations go out to Mandy. And now a lot of people are curious as to where this is gonna go now. Where, where are we going from here? Where, where, where in the world are we gonna go with this whole thing with Mandy Rose and and uh, Otis? Now that Dolph Ziggler is pretty much out the window. Uh, the only thing I can tell you at this point, guys, is I think we will definitely see this relationship go along. Um, with you know in the next few months and everything and 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 with with that in mind and and before we get into the next matchup and everything i'm kind of wondering about how every storyline is going to work because we're wondering how how this is all going to work out with wwe because there's a possibility of it shutting down for a while aew may shut down and everything else like that but that we'll leave that a story for another time but nonetheless once again, Otis wins the match at WrestleMania, and he gets his he gets his redemption, and he gets the girl in Mandy Rose. Congratulations, go out to Otis in the whole nine yards. Now, the next matchup, and obviously, uh, and I just saw it, and I looked at it, and it's right in front of my face. 
the last man standing match between Randy Orton and Edge. And I got to admit, the matchup was pretty good head to toe. Although uh, there was uh, there was a bit of a controversy around it. Uh, and I got to talk about it because a lot of people were pointing this out. And I think WWE, if, I don't know if WWE was upset about it. I know certain WWE superstars were upset at this one angle. If you remember the matchup between Edge and Randy Orton, there was this one part where they went over to the, the weight room. And I think Randy Orton was kind of trying to... Um, I guess hang edge from the uh, from the weight set or something like that. Uh, I had a chance to see that, and um, it didn't occur to me. It didn't occur to me that people were looking at that as, wait a minute, why did they go with a Benoit segment? And that's pretty much what it was. And I didn't really think about it closely, but when I saw that, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Man, and, and I was like thinking, I didn't think about it at first because Benoit never came to mind, never came to mind at all. But then again, a lot of a lot of people, I don't know if the fan, I, I think some of the fans were upset about it. I know some of the superstars were upset about it because when they saw what Randy Orton did with Edge and pretty much hang him from the fucking weights. I mean, you know, we all know about the story with Chris Benoit when he got his, you know, when he got you know, committed suicide by hanging himself with the weights and everything else like that. And that's pretty much what they saw in the last man standing match between Edge and Randy Orton. So, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say that, I, you know, because WWE is pretty much not going to mention anything about Benoit at all. The fans and the superstars and everyone may remember about that from years ago, but WWE refuses to acknowledge that. But no doubt there's going to be a lot of buzz about what happened you know, between Edge and Randy Orton because of that little segment. But anyways, it was good overall. Um, it it kind of went too long. I think, you know, a lot of fans were saying the same thing. This matchup was way too long and it should have ended. And it did end with cruel irony. When Randy Orton came, when Randy Orton came face to face with Edge, the very beginning after the Royal Rumble, he went ahead and did the RKO and did a concerto and ended Edge for the time being. The old expression goes, guys, payback's a bitch, and Edge got his payback on Randy Orton. The referee counted to 10. Randy was done, and Edge wins his last man standing match against Randy Orton. And I, I got to admit, that was very, very sick watching that. And a spe- well, not well, it was long. It was a little bit exhausting. I liked how it looked and everything, but it was a bit long. And, and a lot of people pointed that out. And I agree, it was a little bit long. And also, um, you know, just seeing Edge hit that chair shot on Randy Orton, he looked like a dead snake. Moving like that. I just, ooh, that was bad. So your winner, Edge, he wins against Randy Orton in the last man standing match. And now comes the question, and I mentioned this on the last episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. What's going to happen with Edge? And I'm not talking about, you know, what's going to happen in the next few months down the road. I'm talking about what's going to happen tomorrow. How is he going to feel? Because if you notice on several segments of the match, you notice Edge was moving his fingers, moving his hands, wasn't sure if he was getting any feeling to it. And it was like one of those things that I remember that Arn Anderson had years ago when he was trying to move his fingers and stuff, you know, trying to get some feeling back in his hand. So and and, and here's the thing, guys, and, and I'm saying this because it's true, especially with Edge, you, you cannot 
you cannot go ahead and and just say to yourself that that's you know that's just how it is and blah 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 no i mean injuries do take place and regardless of what people think about how wrestling is injuries do occur and it and it does come out as a real circumstance and you cannot you cannot overlook that and everything else like that and hopefully edge is okay and hopefully if he's if he's good enough to wrestle, if he's good enough to get back in the ring once again, hopefully we'll see Edge down the road. Maybe we'll see a rematch between these two down the road, or maybe we'll see another opponent go after the rated R superstar Edge. Who knows? Who knows who the next superstar will take on the former world heavyweight champion and the WWE Hall of Famer Edge. We'll see what happens. Okay, also another matchup, the Street Profits defending the Raw Tag Team Championship against against uh, Angel Garza and Austin Theory. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I think Austin Theory and Angel Garza make a great tag team. I think they were tremendous, and I believe he's a great addition, especially Austin Theory is a great addition to this team, and he brought a lot to the table. He really did. This team brought a lot to the table in every way possible with Selena Vega in their side and everything else like that. So, the only thing was, I mean, I obviously I knew what was going to happen, and I'm, and I'm not going to suspense with the formalities. The Street Profits did win. They overcome. They regained the tag team titles against Austin Theory and against Angel Garza for the obvious reason. The fact that, well, they're an inexperienced team. They're very inexperienced. And plus, this was pretty much thrown in. And keep in mind, everybody remembers the original match. Okay, well, not the actual original match between Angel Garza and uh, Andrade, because there was another match that could have happened also. But also, the original match was supposed to be the Street Profits defending the Raw Tag Team titles against the AOP. That was supposed to have taken place at WrestleMania, but that didn't go down. So we had to, you know, they threw this in. This is exactly what happened. Yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. The Street Profits win. Now, moving into the next match. Oh, wait a minute. Did I forget to mention the big surprise that happened during, after the matchup was over? Oh, yeah, um... Big advice. Big advice to anyone, especially if a woman harms your man. If a woman harms your man, you're going to come in and do something about it. And that's exactly what happened because Selena Vega laid her hands on Street Profit member Montez Ford. And then who came out? None other than NXT star. Bianca Belair. She came out, shocked everybody at WrestleMania. Well, didn't really shock everybody at WrestleMania, if you know what I mean, considering the fact there was an empty arena. Shocked everybody. Uh, Bianca Belair came in and pretty much laid out Selena Vega. And, you know, one thing you don't do, uh-uh, you don't mess with Bianca Belair's man. And, and it's true, Montez Ford and Bianca Belair are married, for real. For real, though. And it was uh, it was good to see Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. And now it kind of leads to question, and this is kind of one of these things that I hope it does happen. I hope we see it. Do we get a chance to see um, Bianca Belair become a part of the main roster on Monday Night Raw? Personally, I hope it does. I mean, I, I kind of want to see... You know, Bianca Belair has done a tremendous job over at NXT. I've been impressed with her since the first time I saw her. And... 
To me personally, that's someone that should have been NXT Women's Champion a long time ago. But that didn't happen. We know the circumstances beyond our control. And who knows? We may see Bianca Belair become a part of Monday Night Raw tonight. But we'll see what happens. Nonetheless, the Street Profits won over Austin Theory and Angel Garza. <laughs> okay, let's see. What's the next matchup? Um, I think it's here somewhere. Uh, the next one was for the... Ooh, we got three ma- We got three matches to go. One I'm going to leave aside because I think we'll talk about that matchup. And I think you'll know what it is. The next matchup was for the Raw, uh, for the SmackDown Women's Tag Team... Uh, for the... Okay, let me repeat that again. <laughs> for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Bayley to defend her championship in an elimination, a five-way elimination match. Her, Tamina, Lacey Evans... Naomi and Sasha Banks. Uh, well, I'm just going to go through the eliminations that I remember. Um, Tamina was eliminated. Done. Uh, who was the other one that got eliminated? Naomi was eliminated. Done. Uh, the next elimination, uh, and this was kind of an accidental elimination at the hands of Bailey. Bailey was about to get the woman's right. The woman's right got thrown at Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks got eliminated. Done. And it were, all that was left was Sasha Banks. Oh, I'm sorry. All that was left was Lacey Evans and Bailey. And my personal thought was, I really hope Lacey Evans wins. I mean, I you know I really want to see her win the matchup. A lot of people were hoping for Sasha. To win the title. I was hoping for that too. A lot of other people were hoping to win for her to win that title. Because, you know, Sasha has held on to several championships. That's the one championship she's never held on to yet. So it wouldn't surprise me if somewhere, somewhere down the road, we'll be able to see Sasha Banks retain, you know, be able to gain the SmackDown Women's Championship for herself. I mean, after all, she's the boss. You know what's going to fucking happen. It's going to happen one way or another. Now... Nonetheless, I was really hoping for I was really hoping for Lacey Evans to win. I wanted I wanted her to win so bad because she deserves it. You know, she worked her butt off and I said when she was a part of SmackDown, I said she was going to be SmackDown Women's Champion and I kept hoping for that WrestleMania moment. And the thing was, here's the thing that and due to the circumstances beyond our control, I thought we were going to see a match between Lacey Evans and Sasha Banks. I wanted that match to happen, but you know, unfortunately, it was thrown together the way it was and everything else like that. And what can you do? What can you do? We never got a one-on-one match between Sasha Banks and Lacey Evans. Am I the only one that sees that? Am I the only one that sees that? But nonetheless, Lacey Evans went one-on-one against Bailey. Bailey went ahead and... Well, actually, let me correct this. Sasha Banks was eliminated, but she came in and interfered in the match. It was no disqualification. Bailey went ahead and, I guess, nailed the... Bailey to belly and everything. Yeah, nailed the ma- uh, nailed the match. Pins Lacey Evans and Bailey wins the SmackDown Women's Championship. Sasha hands the belt over to Bailey, and now comes the question: Are we going to get a one-on-one match between these two? Are we going to get it? <laughs> we'll find out. We'll see what the fuck happens. Okay. Okay, uh, 
okay, we got, there's two matches here. One, I think you guys know what it is, and I'll get into it. I will, I promise, I will get into that matchup in a moment. But I want to get into the WWE Championship matchup. I want to get to the championship matchup between Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre. Now, <coughs> this was exactly what I was expecting it to be. Although, the, the thing was, I mean, it was going to be almost similar to Goldberg versus Braun Strowman. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, Goldberg versus Braun Strowman. Sort of a quick pace match. Um, Brock Lesnar was trying to end the matchup real quick. He hit the F5 on Drew McIntyre, and he got up at the at at the one count. I'm like, holy fucking, are you kidding me? That fucking shit happened? Oh, my God. So, I think Brock Lesnar hit, what, three F5s on, on Drew McIntyre, and he managed to kick out of all of them. And then I think Drew McIntyre had hit... Maybe three Claibornes against Brock Lesnar. And then after that, one more Claiborne kick. One, two, three. Brock Lesnar loses the WWE Championship. And we have a new WWE Champion. And his name is Drew McIntyre. And I got to say it. All of us were anticipating this, and I made this prediction, well, not years ago, but months ago. I said that in 2020, this will be the year of Drew McIntyre. This will be the year when we see Drew McIntyre not only win the Royal Rumble, but move on to WrestleMania and take the WWE Championship, because this was going to be his moment. And, and I picked him simply because there was nobody else that was going to take on the Beast Incarnate. You can't put Seth Rollins in there. You can't put Roman Reigns in there. You can't put anybody else in there. So the only person that sticks out the most would definitely be Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre did what he did, wins the title, and now Drew McIntyre is on the top of the mountain in WWE. He's the new champ. Now leads the question, what's going to happen next? Who's Drew, Drew McIntyre's next opponent? And everything else like that, we'll find out somewhere down the road. Now, as far as Brock Lesnar goes, we know that Brock Lesnar is obviously going to be leaving like he always does. And no doubt he'll probably return sometime in the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months, and the whole nine yards, and we'll see how that fucking shit goes. Now, everyone's been giving me reasons as to why Drew McIntyre won and why he should have won it. There's no reasons for it. We already, I already pretty much already gave the reasons and everything. It all was laid out for everyone to check out. And so much more. I mean, there was really, there was really nothing to think about. There was really nothing to think about at this point. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. I know everyone's anticipating to wonder exactly what I'm thinking about right now. Because you know what I'm about to talk about next, right? You know what I'm about to talk about next. And you know... It's there, and you know we've got to talk about it. For those of you that had an opportunity to see the main event talk live, you know I was about to discuss this, and you know where my head's at. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about the Firefly Funhouse match between John Cena and Bray Wyatt. But before we get into it, before we get in to what took place in the whole nine yards, let me let me go ahead and let me be fair with everybody. Let's go ahead and let's get right. No, well, let's not get into it just yet, but let me give you just a 
Just a taste, just a sneak preview, just to give everyone an idea of what happened at last night's Firefly Funhouse. Without any further ado, I'd like to introduce you to my tag team partner, Jiu-Jitsu Johnny Lars! Yeah! One, it's all WWE. Okay, <clears throat> so you guys got just a bit of a preview of what we just what we just heard right there: the Firefly Funhouse match between John Cena and Bray Wyatt. Oh boy, where do we begin? Where do we go from here? Okay, now. I'm going to bring up something uh, right here, right now. Um, Let me... I'm trying to analyze this real quick. And all right, there we go. Perfect. Okay, let me... Let me... Let me take a walk. I... (laughs) As I'm holding on to this phone, I've got to let this all out. Because it's not... It's not fair. It's not fair to you guys. It's not fair the fact that this had to happen like this. But it happened. It happened either way, but it was just so, so nuts that this happened. Okay, just a minute, please. Hold on. Let's see if I can. All right, that's perfect. Okay, here we go. Ah, much, much better. Okay. <coughs> now, don't worry, don't worry. We're going to get this out of the way. We're going to get this out of the way as soon as possible because, quite frankly, this is going to require... Uh, you just heard the can open right there, and it wasn't a can of beer, although I should have that with what I just saw at last night's Firefly Funhouse. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the Firefly Funhouse match. Let's get into this matchup. Now... Give me a moment. Okay. The Firefly Funhouse match. Let's get to the positive of this match. Okay. A lot of people weren't sure exactly what to make of how this Firefly Funhouse match was supposed to be. Was it going to be anything like the Boneyard match? Now, the Boneyard match, and I'll get this out of the way. The Boneyard match was amazing. It was good. It was great. It was a match between The Undertaker and AJ Styles. I loved it. It was, And yes, it was a bit theatrical. Oh, and by the way, I want to give a big shout-out to the best drummer on the planet, John Luna, who I know, who I know is probably listening to this right now because yesterday, or the day before... I had placed John Luna 
I had placed John Luna on this episode, and now this week, on this episode, I'm placing him on again. Now, on the last episode, I was against him because he didn't like the Boneyard match because it was the worst match in, in history and everything else like that. It was too theatrical and everything else like that. And my thought of it was the Boneyard match was good, and yes, it was a bit theatrical. It wasn't really the worst match ever. If anything, that was the biggest talk going on. It had everyone talking. It had everyone buzzing from not only the WWE side, but Ring of Honor side. Uh, on you know some of the supersets of AEW obviously saw it. Chris Jericho obviously saw it. Everybody was talking about the Boneyard match between The Undertaker and AJ Styles. And it was a tremendous match. The Boneyard match was everything I expected and more. It was a match. It was a match. And keep in mind, the obvious word here is it was a match. Let's get to the positive side. And I know Luna and I did not agree with the Boneyard match. However, Luna and I can actually agree upon the fact that he said, you know, I I think I saw this on his Facebook mentioning something about another... A theatrical match. Oh, geez, and everything. He said that, and I'll I will admit, for once, I agree with Luna on this subject. Now, let's get to the positive here. Okay, the beginning of the matchup. Okay, so John Cena's coming to the ring, right? And we're here. You know, we're seeing John Cena coming out, and it was kind of a weird atmosphere, considering the fact that there's no crowd, no audience, no nada, and everything, right? And then. All of a sudden, here comes the song, you know. We're really glad that you're our friends. And this is a friendship that will never, ever end. And then here comes Steve Scuba. And, oh, I'm sorry, Bray Wyatt. And <laughs> Big shout out to Big Steve Scuba, by the way. He, he, he reminds me of Bray Wyatt a little bit just because of the look and everything. But I know that he would appreciate something like that. But anyways, um, Bray Wyatt comes in and mentioning about another dimension, another world, and then mentions the part, and this is where it really got interesting, where John Cena was going to take on himself. Uh, wait a minute. Um, okay, uh, I think if I remember the advertisement correctly here, I could have swore it was going to be between John Cena and The Fiend. Okay, well, let's see where this... Let's see where this is going. Okay, so obviously John Cena, obviously Bray Wyatt goes to the back of the door, you know, in the Firefly Funhouse, you know, leaves and everything, looks at the door, the camera angle closes on the door, wide angle shot, there's John Cena, he's right there, and the first thing that comes to your fucking head is, okay, how did he get there? How the fuck did he get there? That's the first thing that comes to everyone's fucking head. How did John Cena get in the Firefly Funhouse right away? And then all of a sudden you see Rambling Rabbit. You see Rambling Rabbit right there just, you know, you know hey, dude, what's going on there, John? Hey, hey. And all this other stuff. And so the next part comes in where John Cena goes to the door, goes in. It's a dark room. Okay, I'm, I'm watching this and and I'm posting a bunch of shit saying... What the hell am I watching? Seriously. John Cena's in a darkened room, and then all of a sudden, one of the puppets come out. And one of the puppets is the boss. And the guy that looks a lot like Vince McMahon with fucking horns in his damn head. 
coming out here saying a bunch of that. You think you have what it takes to have the ruthless aggression? You think you have what it takes to you know, do this and da da You think that that's that, that what, uh, what? What the hell is this? And I'm just like sitting here wondering, okay, what the fuck? Okay. And then comes the part where Bray Wyatt goes ahead. He's in the middle of the ring, right? Comes out, sweater vest and all. And then we're getting glimpses and, and clips of of the whole thing with, uh, remember 2002 when Kurt Angle came out and everything else like that. And, you know, it was cool. And, you know, he comes out here, you know, with the microphone, pretty much speaking the way Kurt Angle was speaking, you know. Is there anybody back there who has the, the, the balls and all this other stuff? You know, it wasn't exactly how Ray Wyatt portrayed it, but oh well. And then all of a sudden, here comes John Cena, First of all, wearing the traditional tights. The wrong tights, by the way. Wrong tights. The wrong fucking tights. All right, let's get that out of the fucking way. All right, so, you know, here's the thing. I could have swore John Cena was wearing red and black fucking tights. Not red and blue, okay? I guess they didn't have enough time to look for the tights they was looking for. But we're not going to get into that. Now, and let's also address, and I know some people are going to mention this. Hey, what about the fucking fist? The SmackDown fist that came out? Yeah, um... Uh, first of all, um, welcome back to the SmackDown Fist. But I don't think that was important in this match, okay? It wasn't. Glad to see it, but it wasn't that important. So John Cena is coming down the aisle and everything, and then comes apart. I just thought this was stupid. Off the back, it was fucking stupid. What was the quality? I still remember the shit where Kurt Angle said, What's the, what is the quality that you have that makes you think you can beat the best in the business? Ruthless aggression. And then we saw the slap and everything. I remember that one. Now, we're reliving this whole thing with Bray Wyatt. And then he pretty much rewrites everything and just starts saying, What makes you think you'll be able to beat Bray Wyatt? Ruthless aggression. He throws a slap in his fucking face, but it didn't happen. He ducks, right? And I'm like, really? And they kept ruthless aggression, chest slap, uh, slapping. And then brought this one part that was just like, oh my God. Okay, a couple things that Bray Wyatt mentioned. Number one, the fact that he was almost fired. And it was true. John Cena was almost fired when, when you know, this whole thing happened in 2002. But that was a long time ago. And then Bray Wyatt brings up, you know, the one part where he goes, you can look, but you can't touch. And I'm like, oh, my God. God, you had to bring up her. Why did you have to bring up Nikki Bella for? Seriously, what was the point of that? And then every fucking time I was seeing John Cena kept saying ruthless aggression like 95 times. And then Bray Wyatt kept ducking and ducking and ducking. I'm just, okay, what the fuck is this? Dude, what the hell am I looking at? What am I watching? And then comes the next part where... I guess we're getting into Saturday Night's Main Event. And then I hear that fucking song from... Uh, apparently, we went back to the 80s all of a sudden. And right away, I, when I hear that fucking song, first of all, it does remind me of the 80s. You know, you are the obsession. You're my possession. And blah, blah, blah. And I still remember Vince McMahon coming down the aisle with the fucking suit on, right next to Jesse the Ventura, and everything else like that. I remember that fucking shit. If you were to bring Jesse the Body Ventura and Vince McMahon and the actual Vince McMahon to make this story a whole lot interesting, I would probably care. In this case, I didn't. So, comes the part where I see Bray Wyatt right next to John Cena. Well, actually, I see Bray Wyatt 
see a steel cage, kind of like uh, the way I remember with the Ultimate Warrior. I guess uh, some people were thinking that Bray Wyatt was trying to be the Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, no, he's not. Oh, yeah, no, he's not. Bray Wyatt will never, never ever portray on the Macho Man Randy Savage. Will never be able to be the greatest professional wrestler alive today. Bray Wyatt does not have what it takes to be the Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. Big quote right there. Now, the fact that I saw this, right? And then here comes John Cena with dummy weights. Those were not real weights, by the way. And it was just, these two were just talking like it was 1980. Oh my fucking, what, what, what was the point of this? What was, it was entertaining, Furman. It was the shit. Was there a point to this? Was there a point? Okay, it was entertaining. I admit it was entertaining, but what there was there a fucking point to this? Okay, so John Cena is lifting the fucking weights and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden, when he lets the weights go, he couldn't move his arms. And I'm like, oh, no. And I'm like, oh, God, I remember. And then when I saw something like this, the first thing that came to my head, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Dream Master. I remember the one about where somebody had had trouble with their arms, their arms got ripped up and turned into a fucking cockroach. John Cena was lifting weights and then couldn't move his arms and then Bray Wyatt did the whole Hulk Hogan, what you gonna do when your ego and all this is like, oh my god. So he goes ahead and throws John Cena over to... Uh, what was it? I, he throws him over to the next one, back to the SmackDown fist again, and all of a sudden it's the return of the Dr. Thugonomics. John Cena, the Dr. Thugonomics back in that time, that was tremendous, it was good. I find that very, very funny. I did. And then it just, it was what, once again, another stupid part to this match where Bray Wyatt is standing there, John Cena saying his promos and everything, and then I'm hearing the crickets. I'm like, really? Really? I mean, if, and, and this is the truth. I'm saying this for the love of God. If the audience was there, I guarantee you they would have booed Bray Wyatt out of the fucking stage. I'm sorry. That's what, that's what would have happened. And then something about chances and whatever the fuck. It just... And then he gets hit. John Cena's laid out, and then comes, and this was a part that I think I found a little bit interesting. I like the part where Bray Wyatt came to his old self. He came to his old self in this match, right? Bray Wyatt came to his old self from a long time ago. Going back to WrestleMania 30, where he lost the match against John Cena, and I was the one that predicted that John Cena would beat the shit out of Bray Wyatt, and that's exactly what happened. At WrestleMania 30. Now, we're trying to relive the whole thing all over again. He's wearing the shirt. He's wearing the, uh, he's wearing the jeans and everything. Bray Wyatt's laying there. He gets a chance. You get a chance to hit me, John. Time to make history repeat and everything. It's like, okay, just, just hit him already. Just please hit Bray Wyatt in the fucking head, please. And then he disappears. I'm like, oh, no, not, oh, no. This, this is not, this is not happening. This is not fucking happening. And then comes another part that was pretty entertaining. The NWO music. Apparently, we went from WCW Monday Nitro to NWO Nitro. 
Bray Wyatt coming out as Eric Bischoff. Um, by the way, um, didn't work. Uh, Eric Bischoff has had a jacket, and I could have swore the last time I saw Eric Bischoff wearing an NWO shirt, he wore a black and white NWO shirt. I've never seen a black and red one, okay? And unless somebody finds a pic of Eric Bischoff wearing an NWO red shirt, let me know. In the meantime, it was black and white, okay? Black and white. Get that fucking straight, Bray Wyatt, you fucking moron. Okay, John Cena comes out wearing the NWO shirt, wearing the Hollywood Hogan, you know, the belt and everything. I'll admit, that looked good. That looked good. I, I like the whole NWO part. Although, I, I wish they would have fixed it and everything. They would have done it right. It would have been a little bit more classic. But, nonetheless, then John Cena comes to his senses, goes after Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt gets his ass beat. I'm like, oh, God, keep beating the shit out of him, please. Just lay him the flat out. I don't care how. And then, all of a sudden, Husky Harris. Husky Harris appears. I'm like... Are you, are you fucking kidding me? What in the fucking hell am I watching? And then at the end of all of this crap that I kept seeing, it was entertaining. I'll admit that it was entertaining, but it wasn't a match. All of a sudden, John Cena has this scared look on his face, has this puzzled, confused look on his face, wondering what the fuck's going on here. And then you see Bray Wyatt in the background. You see the fiend in the background. I'm looking at this and I'm like, oh God, if I swear to fucking God, this is. And, and then the fiend did his usual deal on John Cena. John Cena gets laid out. And then the other Bray Wyatt comes in and goes for the pinfall. One, sorry, one, two, three. The Fiend wins the Firefly Funhouse match against John Cena. The Fiend wins the Firefly Funhouse match against John Cena. And the fucked up thing about that whole thing was it wasn't a fucking match. It wasn't a match. Zero. Not a damn thing. Okay, let me get this straight. Okay. I'm already starting to see the difference between the modern-day morons and the pro wrestling fans. I'm so glad I'm a pro wrestling fan because I wanted my wrestling to be real, okay? Now, and you know what? We're almost out of time on this episode, but don't worry. I got a lot more I want to say. I got a lot more I want to say. I want you to stay tuned for the next episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast because I'm going to let everything out and so much more. Because as far as I'm concerned, the Boneyard match was a fucking shit. The Fly Fly Funhouse match was a fucking joke. It was entertaining. Yes, it was. It was entertaining. But unfortunately, there was some downfall. There was some crap that I didn't like. And it was just absolute bullshit. And I bet you anything. I bet you a million dollars as of right now. If, if every pro wrestling fan saw that, and I'm talking about every pro wrestling fan, they would be outraged, they would be pissed off, they would be mad. They would go completely insane for seeing this match for what it is. Now, I'll admit, I'll admit, and I predicted this days ago, I said The Fiend was going to win over John Cena. I admit that. 
I wanted The Fiend to win over John Cena, right? That was going to be the idea. But not like this. Not like this. This was... Oh, my God. I... I really don't know what to make of it, guys, but I've got a lot more I want to say, and I'll definitely get into it and so much more. So, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. The WrestleMania weekend, it's done. It's out the window. But, unfortunately, we are not done. We're not done by a long shot because we got still got a lot more to come. Because in the next episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast of WrestleMania Weekend, I'm going to recap everything that I talked about a little bit more, including the Firefly Funhouse, and give you my thoughts about what should have happened and what really should have happened at the Firefly Funhouse between John Cena and Bray Wyatt. And also, you get to find out who was behind the stupidity of the Firefly Funhouse match between John Cena and Bray Wyatt. And I got a major announcement. A major announcement that's going to pretty much flatten everybody. Now, it's, it hasn't been decided yet, but I'll let everybody in on what's about to happen. So, <coughs> ladies and gentlemen, in the meantime, I'm just going to go ahead and leave you with something to enjoy. Uh, a little piece of what we heard at WrestleMania. And I hope you get a chance to listen to it right here, right now. So, guys, I'm going to go ahead and leave you with uh, with this right here, right now. So, guys, thank you for listening to this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. This was part two of WrestleMania Weekend. Part three is coming up. And, ladies and gentlemen, I've got a whole lot more I want to say and so much more. We've only just begun, ladies and gentlemen. We've only just begun.